Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, is Rusty Manziel. Rusty, how's it going today? I'm here, man. Uh, on the road yesterday a little bit, and I uh, got to see some some kids. Kind of weather was nice, so kind of got that little spring that spring fever bug. And you know, the weather looks like it's going to be seventy or almost eighty degrees later this week. So excited to see some some camp, some track season, and getting you know inching closer to spring practice. Yeah, I saw some of your tweets You're over there in West Georgia, East Alabama. I was going to hit you up, maybe go get some barbecue in Phoenix City. You should have let me know. And I was in and out. Uh, like Josh <laughs> Pitt said, you got to be back over that bridge before sundown. So I, I uh, you know, I got through uh, Central. I met with uh, Patrick Nix for a little while and talked about Bo Nix going to Auburn and, you know, I mean, going to Oregon and some of the things there. And, and Coach Nix does a great job at Central and they're certainly loaded uh, with talent and it starts with couple of major targets there for Georgia. And, you know, we, we're going to update those on Dogs 247 um, some this morning and probably uh, by the time this airs, um, do some more updates from there. No doubt about it. So Rusty and I will be doing this today. We're going to see if we can get Kip Adams on here. He's having a little bit of an uh, issue with his mic before we jumped on here. But a lot to talk about this week. A lot of things have been going on. Offensive line hire uh, for Georgia. We've also got uh, you had the update on Eric Gilbert. We can jump into that. And uh, some of the other stuff coming out of that Under Armour camp on Sunday. And then uh, we can also talk a little men's basketball. But, Rusty, let's kind of start things off with what really was the biggest news as far as Georgia football is concerned. And it's offensive line hire. Uh, you know, last week we found out that Matt Luke was stepping down after two seasons. Uh, it's going to be a familiar face. Stacey Searles is coming back uh, 2007 to 2010. He was a Georgia offensive line coach. Uh, just what what was sort of your read on on the situation, and obviously why Stacy wound up being the uh, new offensive line coach? Well, first of all, you know me and me and you talked almost every day trying to cover this. There was a lot of twists and turns. I went into Friday, and in fact, you had a piece ready uh, in case it did happen. You know, it, I felt like at one point Friday, this was looking like it was going to be Eric Mateos out of Baylor. I think that was kind of the guy that you know most people thought. We kind of thought that. And then our early Saturday morning, some things started breaking that he was not coming to Georgia. So there's a lot of things that, you know, variables that could have happened over the weekend. So we don't know that. Like we said on the board, we don't do the hires and we don't do the interviews. We just try to get the information and, uh, you know, came to the board uh, Monday morning uh, pretty early with a with a, a post saying that, you know, I felt like Stacey Searles had a lot of, there was a lot of smoke there and maybe two or three hours later uh, that that story broke. So, you know, you go back to this and, um, you know, you mentioned in the very first piece we did on this, you know, a couple of names to watch. And obviously, Stacey Searles was going to be mentioned because he has a lot of ties to this program. And, and I'm pretty sure he has worked with Mike Bobo. He has worked with Todd Monken. He has worked with Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Scott Cochran, Todd Hartley and Brian McClendon. So when you step back and look at all those things, maybe I should have took uh, – and, and we should have took Stacey Searles a little bit more serious from the start with this because he had a ton of connections. I mean, everybody on this staff almost knows him or has worked with him. So there's a lot of uh, familiarity there with him uh, that probably made him a stronger con candidate from the start. You know, you, you go back and you look at him, uh, you know, where he was in 2007 through 2010, where he is now, what he's walking into at Georgia. What he's walking into at Georgia is probably – I would argue, say, maybe the most talented room in the country, if not one of the top two or three most talented groups of uh, players in the country. You know, Sam Pittman still got some guys in there. Matt Luke, you know, has got some guys in there now. 
So that room is extremely deep going into this spring practice and how how things go. Now, recruiting is always the big question with, with any coach. How can this guy can recruit? What can he do? You know, with Searles being at North Carolina, he's certainly going to have to reset his board. And, you know, I went back and looked this morning before we came on the air to do this, and really I didn't see a whole a lot of crossover as far as Georgia and North Carolina looking in some early battles. I know that Searles, Coach Searles, uh, recruits his state pretty hard um, and always has because of his connections. He is from Georgia. He is from Trine, Georgia, about 45 minutes north of Rome here where I live. So he, I'm very familiar with Stacy and, and uh, you know, th- his board's going to have to certainly reset. I, you know, it says a lot that Bo Hewley, uh, Bo Hewley, the um, offensive line commit out of Langston Hughes, Georgia had him in there at what yesterday immediately uh, to get that relationship started with Coach Searle. So we're going to talk a lot about this hire, but I think the the biggest difference in, in what Coach Searle's is now as opposed to 2007, 2008, 9, and 10, there's a lot more people in the building, and recruiting is certainly different. You know, it, there's a lot more analysts in there, and we don't touch enough on a guy named Eddie Gordon. He's the, He's an offensive line analyst for Georgia – Everybody I talk to, and this this is with Matt Luke as well. Now, Matt Luke there, um, this guy did a lot of recruiting for Georgia. And these are the guys that taught these players day-to-day. This is the guy that kind of bridged the gap. Uh, you know, uh, Hughley, told me, Hughley told me on Sunday at the Under Armour camp, he said, look, I've been, I've been talking to Coach Gordon for a long time, you know, and Kirby Smart. So, you know, these guys and Dale McGee are the guys kind of recruiting me. So, uh, I think there's some different variables there, certainly – this is an, a very, very important class for Georgia or Stacey Searles offensive line. Uh, they got to sign some tackles in this class. So I'm going to see where he is and where this board sets for him over the next week or two. You'll start seeing some communication with these guys be interesting, but you know, you, you don't sugarcoat this at all. This is a very important class for Stacey Searles. He's got to come out of the gate running at Georgia and uh, we'll see what he can do in his first calendar year. Yeah, I think you hit on something that I kind of had thought of. And anytime, you know, when we look at a hot board with any position, you think about connections. You know, what kind of connections uh, does a candidate have with the head coach, the the coordinators, anything like that? Uh, And and that was there with Searles. And I think you saw that, too, with the video Georgia posted when he actually arrived in Athens with, you know, Kirby. And I think think maybe Scott Cochran might have been there as well. But you saw, you know, that. You know, Stacey worked with several of those guys at LSU, Will Muschamp and, and Kirby, I think, for one year. Uh, so, I mean, the, the connections made sense when you looked at, uh, you know, Hart, his camp. Hartley down at Miami. I mean, I, and, and you start putting those things together, I was like, wait a minute, this guy's a lot more connected to the staff than I originally thought. For sure, for sure. And I think the biggest thing that you and I have both seen sort of from the board reaction, our board reaction to Stacey being hired is the big question about recruiting. And I've talked to a few people about this. I think I did a radio hit about this earlier this week. You know, it's going to come down to recruiting and it would have had it not been Stacey Searles had they hired somebody else. I mean, that's just sort of the name of the game, especially on the offensive line, like you said, especially with the needs Georgia has. Uh, So, you know, I think that... uh, it's a very interesting hire. I think that Stacey obviously has been around and had a lot of success. I mean, going back to mentioning LSU, he was on that staff with Nick Saban that won the national title. Um, so, you know, you can see, uh, and again, with uh, both Uli too, and I'm sure there's other uh, targets out there that, you know, they've hit the ground running. They understand how important 
it is to, to get in with those guys and make sure that uh, everything is, uh, you know, everybody's on the same page and sort of what the expectations are. But it's going to be something to watch. You know, it's uh, it was sort of an interesting twist with Matt Luke stepping down. We kind of thought, you know, will this coaching staff um, it, it's set now. It's pretty much finalized, and, and now they go out. But, again, uh, they hire a guy they know well that, uh, that Kirby knows well and has worked with before. And it's going to be interesting. It'll be something, again, that we'll be watching and, and see uh, how that goes and, and, and what it looks like, especially with spring just right on the, right around the corner. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, Searles will be hitting the ground running on that front. Uh, I did want to throw it to you, Rusty, on a really interesting note that you had uh, this week on Eric Gilbert. You know, mm-hmm. he was a guy that uh, Georgia got, uh, had been at LSU, had briefly been at Florida, had come to Georgia, you know, had kind of taken a little bit of time away from the team last year. Just what do you have on Eric? I know he's a guy that a lot of people are really excited about um, and, and sort of where things stand as he gets ready for spring ball. You know, with something like this, it's kind of, I wouldn't say day to day, but it's kind of week to every two, three weeks. What do you hear? Everything's still going fine with him. And, you know, I've known this young man since he was in eighth grade, know his mother really well. And, you know, that relationship ultimately led to me breaking the story of him coming back to Georgia. I mean, she called me up one day and said, Hey, I want to give you this story. And that's kind of how that worked. And I've known him for a long time and I know a lot of people around him. And, um, you know, this young man is extremely talented. I mean, he isn't, I've said it many times. He's the, he is the best jumbo athlete, I would say for lack of a better term, probably that I've ever covered, uh, you know, it's six foot five, you know, what he playing weight around 250. If you saw him at 250, you would never, you would never guess this guy was 250. You would probably think he was 225, but he, he just carries it so well. It's hard to believe somebody can do that. So, uh, you know, he arrived back at Georgia shortly after Christmas and you saw him in the national championship parade and that little video. So that kind of let everybody know that he was there. And, and we reported at the time that, that he was back in, you know, in campus and uh, trying to slowly get back into the process. And, you know, my main thing with this has been, you know, he needs to be a day-to-day student collegiate athlete first before everybody starts worrying about, you know, is this guy, this guy going to help Georgia right now? So uh, everything I've, you know, I've been kind of slow with this, just kind of checking from week to week. And I made some calls yesterday and made a call late last night, just double checking again. And before I want to put some information out, cause I'm really careful with this one, but everything I hear, things are going really well with Eric. Um, you know, he is, he is working out, he's taking reps, you know, he's learning, you know, plays again. He's, you know, back as academically, you know, doing what he needs to do. And, um, you, you know, just th- this young man had some issues and this is the real world. Now this is real world stuff that he was dealing with. And, um, it seems to be, the, you know, the, the time he spent away from Athens and, uh, the treatment he was getting for, for his issues and his personal things. Uh, seem to be working really well. So no matter where Gilbert is, it didn't matter if it's LSU, if it was Texas, it didn't matter. You know, you wish the best for this kid because he has got unlimited potential. I mean, this guy can be, this guy can be a first round draft pick. Uh, he was extremely smart in high school, high academic kid, uh, mother's a uh, school teacher. So it's, you know, it's in his blood for, uh, for education. And I just think that, um, you know, right now, man, everything's a really, really positive. And if things continue to trend this way, moving into spring practice, getting through spring practice, getting into those important conditioning months, those important seven on seven sessions in May and early June, where it's player led, uh, those are very, very important reps. So 
if everything goes continue this way and, and Jordan, you start looking at Georgia and, you know, losing Jermaine Burton is a huge piece. Not, we've never sugarcoated that. But if they can add Eric Gilbert in with Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, you want to talk about a nasty 13 personnel um, that would give people uh, a lot of matchup issues because you can flex Eric. And basically, Georgia was playing Brock Bowers in the slot late in the year anyway. He kind of took Kyrus Jackson's reps uh, playing slot. So they were playing Fitzpatrick and, and, and Darnell, but people didn't kind of put two and two together. They were playing Brock in the slot. So you can do that with Eric Gilbert, too. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do with someone like that. But right now, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that things are, are trending really, really good for him. And this is a young man I've known against since eighth grade, so I'm pulling for him. And uh, if he gets back to being Eric Gilbert, uh, football Eric Gilbert, whew, that, that is extremely good news for Georgia Bulldogs. For sure, for sure. And like you said, it's a situation where you don't want to put the cart before the horse and just hope again that uh, it's sure. you know, week to week and, and hopefully things keep trending in the right direction for Eric going forward. Uh, so busy weekend for you. I know this is just really a busy time of year, especially with the dead period uh, finally up. Uh, but want to go back to Sunday. You guys had a chance to be at the Under Armour camp there in Atlanta. I think you guys battled a little bit of rain there for for a bit. But uh, but what was sort of the atmosphere like, and, and what did you guys get to see uh, kind of being on hand there? Well, I can tell you what, owning a company MVP camps and putting on camps, I woke up with anxiety for those guys because it was raining. And you have to make a decision with – there was 42 members, credential members of media there on Sunday, the largest they've ever had for any Under Armour camp tells you how I many there were people from Oklahoma, California that flew in all over the country for every major site you can think of and newspaper that just about in the South was there. So kind of tells you the talent, but we got through the, the morning session. It rained a pretty good bit and the O-line D-line got to do their one-on-ones um, afterwards. I think, you know, the story of the day was a young man goes by the name of King Joseph Edwards. And, uh, you know, he was at Hebron Christian last year as a ninth grader. Now he is at Buford, uh, a sophomore now at Buford. And this kid's a uh, 2024 defensive end, uh, six, about 6'4", 235 pounds. And, look, Georgia offered him, after those videos of what he did one-on-one um, Sunday against some very, very talented players, uh, I think that kind of, you know, and Georgia offered him that night and he made no bones about it. In fact, he told Kip and Kip's not on here. So, but Kip can back this up. He said, look, that was the one I've been waiting on that offer. I mean, that's the one. So I think Georgia's in really good shape early on right here. And it is early, but uh, this is, this is uh, you start talking about these elite edge rushers. This kid can bend. Um, he was a lot bigger in person than I thought he was, but CJ Allen's a guy I've mentioned a couple of times from Lamar County. This is our linebacker that Georgia has offered. Glenn Schumann has recruited him hard. Another kid out of middle Georgia. Um, you know, he's going to get the Roquan comparisons already. You know, a guy runs track, plays basketball, uh, plays football, plays running back and linebacker. So he's already kind of getting those Roquan uh, comparisons. And I never want to compare anybody to a top 10 draft pick. I, mean, I don't want to do that to a kid. But because of the sports he plays, Aerie is kind of from those types of deals. That's kind of what the comparison is. But I think CJ now is a four star on 24 seven sports, certainly earned that. And he looked good. Sammy Brown, young man out of Jefferson high school. I did a story on him last week's 2024. Uh, CJ's a 2023, by the way. Um, you know, and he's a very big target Whit weeks. I was on the road last week in Athens, had a chance to see him over at Oconee County. His dad played at Georgia. His dad played with Kirby smart, uh, David weeks, former captain back in the, in the middle nineties played center 
Uh, dad played with Mike Bobo, Will Muschamp, a lot of connection there. So, you know, you look at the linebacker class for Georgia in 2023, and Glenn Schumann has recruited from coast to coast, and he's made that clear. But he may be able to stay in state. If he can get Wit Weeks and C.J. Allen, it might be two guys that he – that might be all he takes in this one, this this twenty twenty three class. So I know Oklahoma and Stanford are two schools really, really in on wet weeks. Uh, is what LSU just offered uh, CJ Allen yesterday. So there's a lot of things going on. I think the kind of the overall theme was Georgia, the O line guys, Madden Sanker from South Pole, and all these guys that Daniel Calhoun has sent. You know, they're all waiting to see who Georgia was going to announce. So you know, Stacy Searles would announce Monday. So um, I think Justice Haynes is a guy, every time I've seen, I've seen Justice so many times now. I think the most impressive thing I saw to Justice, I don't know if you saw this, Jordan, on Twitter, is baseball. I mean, the, guy, the kid was hitting 92, and then he said he's, his curveball was, what, 80, 83, with the largest spin rate they'd ever seen. So, I mean, this kid's a two-sport athlete now, and uh, I know Georgia fans really, really want this Bulldog legacy, but I got to thinking, Jordan, you know, what if this kid's drafted? What if this kid's drafted high? You know, in baseball, I mean, it's, you start talking about you're pushing early 90s, you know, low 90s, and you got a nasty curveball and you're left-handed. It's a little different, man. Yeah, I mean, I immediately, I can't help but think about, like, Kumar Rocker because, you know, sure. Tracy, Tracy wanted him playing football, but uh, I think yep. he might have made the right decision there. He was a big kid, man. Wow. Well, I'll give you a chance to uh, to kind of catch your breath. I had you talking a whole lot there, Rusty, and we'll kind of talk about men's basketball. It's been a, a very interesting situation, kind of, you know, turn of events the last few weeks with Tom Crean, you know, getting closer to the end of his fourth season. Georgia is still riding a, a really long losing streak. They've lost 10 games in a row. I think now they've lost 18 of their last 19 games. And, it, and it's sort of a situation um, I've talked to a few different people and, and gone on the radio and talked about this. I mean, it, it's pretty inevitable what's going to happen at the end of the season. You know, the Tom Crean era is going to end after four seasons. The date of when that happens isn't clear yet. I'd imagine that they're going to get through. Uh, they have they play uh, Missouri at Missouri on Saturday. Then they have the SEC tournament. Uh, they've locked up the 14th and final seed in the SEC tournament. They'll be playing Thursday in single elimination. If they lose, that'll be the end of it. Um, but uh, they're coming off what was, I thought, a really interesting game uh, on Tuesday against uh, Tennessee. And it was a game that coming into it, you know, I really thought that Tennessee was going to be in a position to pretty much just name their score. I mean, they were coming off a, a really impressive win over Auburn where they out-rebounded an Auburn team that's got Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith by something like 21, 22 rebounds. So you look at that size and then just sort of projecting what Georgia was going to be able to do with them. You know, I thought by halftime, I thought by halftime, Rusty, my story was going to be written, uh, but it, it wasn't quite that easy. Well, uh, people, people don't realize yeah. these are still, these are still college athletes and they're, they have aspirations to go to the next level at, at some, some way. And so you, you, I think you, you look at the overall team and it's a disappointment, but individually, you want to put something good on tape because these scouts watch every single tape. Tennessee probably walked in here thinking, man, we're about to drug that. We're about to drug these guys by 40. And next thing you know, you got yourself in a game in the second half. And like you said, they had to, they had to scroll, so claw and scratch to get out of Athens with a win. But I think people kind of underestimate players individually like, Hey, I got to still put out good tape, even though we're not winning. 
Yeah, and you know, I think you you kind of have to border on the the cliche like, well, they're still fighting, and you know, there's a little bit of that, and I don't think that you know they're just you know going through the motions. But it was really interesting after that Tennessee game to listen to Aaron Cook, and you know, he talked about that. I mean, he was this guy was at Gonzaga last year, and, and I mean, he's playing like 14 minutes off the bench. But think about going from Gonzaga. Hey, there, there's our guy Kip Adams. What's up? Hey, sounding better than ever. What's going on, Kip? Let's go. <laughs> just in time for commercial break Kip Jones in right here perfect let's make some money <laughs> yeah let's do it well uh, yeah just uh wrap I'll just wrap up on that thought on men's basketball it was just Aaron Cook really talked about the fact uh that you know these guys are still fighting and and to to Rusty's point they they didn't sign up for the season to go the way it has and, and they're gonna still go out there and try to make plays and um, they've come close with a few different games uh, we mentioned before we started recording that Auburn game that they came oh so close to winning in Stegman. Um, they're still fighting, uh, and, and they got at least two more games uh, left in them. And, and and I think, truly, they've got a really good shot at winning at Missouri. That's a Missouri team that's really struggling. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, it's a very interesting time on the Georgia men's basketball beat, and, and we'll be all over what comes out of this game and, and what comes next. So, uh, so on that, now that we got Kip back, we're, we're all good. Uh, let's, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Well, I'll throw it to Kip since he's with us now. Just to give us an update on, on everything that's been going on that sort of stands out to you. We've been talking about uh, sort of the way recruiting's been going, uh, just the sort of busy uh, time of year for Georgia and, and what's sort of you know coming up, especially with spring practice just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kirby Smart is uh, learning that, you know, you, Attrition is normal on the coaching staff with success breeds new opportunities for coaches, but also an opportunity for him to kind of retool and, and get some guys in there that, you know, maybe uh, have some of the same philosophies of what they want to do both on offense and defense. So with that, with that in mind, I think right now you're going to see in the spring, just the board being reset at multiple positions. You know, we, we saw wide receiver offers going out. I would imagine that Stacy Sarrells, you know, will want to make sure he, he's getting the kind of guys that, that do what he likes to do off, offensively as well. And, and with what he's, he, you know, he's known for with that pro style. And I think that that is probably that experience is probably what really, you know, attracted him, uh, Kirby smart to him and, and the coaching staff. I think it's kind of just uh, interesting. The fact that he's, worked with I think five five on the field coaches and and two of the guys that are on the support staff as well and, and Bobo and and Scott Cochran so I think some people kind of look at familiarity and think that that could be a, a, an aspect where uh you know maybe Kirby Smart just went with what he was comfortable with but I, I kind of look at it as I don't think there's a coaching staff in the country that knows what Stacey Sarrells brings to the table more than this coaching staff so I think you know, I think that's going to help, and and just that continuity and recruiting is going to help as well. I think I think Kirby Smart, you know, has a standard for recruiting, and he's going to ask a lot of these guys. And whether or not these, you know, they've worked a lot of big time programs, McClendon, uh, you know, Sarrells, the new guys, you know, uh, Fran Brown and them. I, I think they're going to learn very quickly that. I mean, there are no days off from recruiting with Kirby Smart, and they're going to be—I mean, they're going to be meeting uh, weekly, if not every day—to make sure that that board is exactly the way Kirby Smart wants it. And I think Rusty and I saw it kind of at the Under Armour camp uh, over the weekend that 
And Georgia has a lot of recruiting equity right now. I mean, now that they've won it, they've shown they can do that. Uh, I think that really stood out to a lot of guys and and even the offensive linemen, you know, not even having a, an O-line coach in place. I mean, their interest in Georgia was was pretty sky high and, and they kind of trusted Kirby Smart that he was going to bring a guy in that they like. So overall, I think, you know, it's just they're just ready to get spring football in here and, and get some recruits on campus. And I think that's that's really where we're going to start to see a little bit more traction as far as that that national championship. Everyone kind of wants to see what this team looks like. Uh, the year after as they try to defend. So I think getting guys on campus in that spring game, it, it's going to be heated. It seems like Alabama, Ohio State having the spring game on the same day. Uh, we always see that these 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 guys can only go to one spring game. I think that's kind of going to be the entertaining part is watching the coaching staffs scratch and claw, trying to get everyone on campus that same day. But Kirby Smart, he, he he doesn't care what day you're in Athens. You can come in on a Tuesday, on a Thursday. He just wants you in town and and to have that opportunity to get some face time with the coaching staff and sell the Georgia program. Yeah, I want to ask both of you guys something that Kip hit on there, and I, I think it is really interesting. I think we'll probably learn more about it in the in the weeks and months to come. But you hit on the fact that Georgia finally won the national championship. I'll say from my experience being in Auburn, I got to see plenty of Auburn fans who would tweet at me how many days it had been since 1980. Well, that streak ended. And I'm sure that there were college coaches out there, you know, on opposing staffs that probably brought up the fact that Georgia had not, you know, come through in that way. What have you guys seen or what are your immediate thoughts just on, on how much kind of relevance that has with recruits? The fact that that streak is over, that after 41 years, Georgia is a national champion. And, and how that kind of, you know, you know, how that stands out to recruits as they're deciding where they want to go. Um, you know, for fans, it's a, it's a huge deal. But for, for, for players, it's all about, hey, am I going to play early? Or are you putting guys in the pros? And Georgia has shown they'll play you early and they've put a ton of people in pro. I think the last bit of negative recruiting that I hear, and everybody does it in some fashion, form, or way, but – the negative recruiting against Georgia has been on the defensive line and hadn't had players drafted and all that stuff like that. That has been a huge deal. A lot of schools uh, have used that because I, I talked to a lot of kids, you know, kind of off the record or parents and say, hey, what do people use against Georgia? And the defensive line not getting people drafted. So not only they won the national championship, that narrative is gone. And in about another month and a half, when that draft comes up, the D line not getting drafted is going to be gone as well. I mean, that's not that's going to be an irrelevant deal uh, with what Trey Scott has brought into this one with Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt. I mean, these guys are all going, you know, probably top fifty. So, um, you know, and, and Kip, are, I'm sure Kip and, and Jordan, you as well, already these these quotes is coming out today from the combine. You know, Kirby Smart don't have to tell George Pickens what to say. I mean, this George Pickens is on his own now. There's no repercussions. He can be a, he can be his man's man up there and say what he wants. But when he comes on a platform like that in front of everyone and says, hey, you know, George, I got prepared for the NFL because half the team's the NFL. We practice like an NFL team. You know, I, I already feel like I'm in an NFL every day of practice. I mean, those types of things, man, they're invaluable. And uh, I'd be interested to see what Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker and those guys say. But not necessarily on my end, Kip probably would agree and would ask him to say, but I don't hear much from prospects saying, hey, Georgia hadn't won it. All they know is Georgia played for it a couple of years ago. You know, they're in the playoffs again this year. That's really all that matters. I'll, I'll never forget being at the Rising Seniors game probably in like 2011 or 12, and they brought in Charlie Ward, and I'm sitting there like a fangirl 
and not one kid in the room knew who Charlie Ward was. We asked him to raise their hand if they knew, and, and nobody knew. And I was like, what? And this guy was the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, unbelievable football player, played for the Knicks, and these, these kids don't know. And now I'll never forget that going, they're young, man. I mean, it's really what happened two or three years ago is what's in, ingrained in their minds. Before I throw yeah. it to Kip, just sort of on that point, I think it was Bud Elliott did a video, I guess it's been probably a month or so ago, where he talked about, you know, the recruits like right now, they don't remember like the, the Rose Bowl with Vince Young and, and oh, USC. No. So no. it's like, absolutely. to your point. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, they they don't know who Peter Warwick is. I mean, there's a whole generation of guys that, that – we grew up watching it's just that's just how it goes but it doesn't last a decade it's it's five or six years in college and yeah rusty brings up i mean john jenkins was the last defensive lineman drafted for georgia 2013 obviously that streak will, will be broken in this year's draft but that's something trey scott i mean you, you think that that wasn't a daily uh thread on the board was you know just about trey scott can he be that kind of recruiter can he you know, bring in that you know elite defensive lineman and you know, he, he developed Jordan Davis and he brought in, I mean, these are guys that two years ago, no one, no one except for the people on our board knew about Devontae Wyatt and the fact that he played running back in high school in Decatur, you know, at 6'2", 270 uh, pounds. And, and now, you know, he's pushing to possibly be the first defensive tackle taken. There's a good chance Georgia's going to have the first two interior defensive linemen uh, drafted. So I don't think, Trey Scott's going to have that aspect of negative recruiting uh, going at him. And I mean, he just brought in an incredible recruiting class. I think maybe he, uh, the, the recruits watched the product on the field this year and, and he was able to sell them on, on being the, the next group of guys. For me, I think the only thing really kind of left maybe is, is that wide receiver position, the production, you know, at Georgia, you know, you got Ohio state and, and you know, Alabama just pumping out multiple thousand yard receivers every year. And George is still having 1,000-yard receiver in Terrence Edwards. That's probably the one aspect of recruiting, the only thing left, because every other box has been checked by Georgia. I mean, you have the chance to get to the league. You have a chance to win it all. Uh, I mean, George Pickens is still going to be a guy that's taken very highly w without putting up those stats. But the, these guys, I mean, the wide receiver position, they, they want to get numbers, and, and they want that production. That's an aspect that – for Georgia, you got to find that guy that, you know, maybe uh, isn't too worried about that. He still wants to get to the league, but he wants to win and he wants to buy into the program. Those are the kind of guys that Georgia's recruited. And if, you know, if they want to get the guys that want numbers, uh, you know, then the offense kind of has to put those numbers out there. But I, th I think there's some, some elite guys that are going to be on campus the next couple of weeks. And uh, we'll see Brian McClendon. I mean, that's a, he's, he's known as an elite recruiter. And I think getting these guys on campus in Athens in this spring, we're going to see that board set, and they're going to be in for some guys that, that maybe they haven't been in the last couple of cycles. Definitely a busy time of year with men's basketball wrapping up. Uh, visits uh, all over the place right now, spring practice uh, closing in. Uh, guys, is there anything else you, you guys want to hit on before we wrap this thing up? You know, for me, I, I – for me and Kip as well, uh, this, this is a slow month in February. I mean, obviously, some coaching changes were, were, were a lot of news there. With Jordan, you came over. Um, visits opened back up for Georgia, you know, yesterday. But next week, Georgia's on spring break. And I would imagine every coach on that staff is going to be going somewhere and the players will be going somewhere. But I always look at this. If you have no news next week, 
Not I don't want to talk about the no hitter. If you have no news next week, when Georgia comes back, man, it's on. I mean, it's spring practice, it's recruiting, it's coaches on the road in April, uh, it's spring practice, coaches out on the road in May, which trend, which goes right into spring high school games, which goes right into summer camps on June the first. So I just looked at my calendar yesterday and I thought, man, we got about uh, 10 more days and then it's going to be fifth year for a while. So um, I know, you know, recruiting updates and things like that. That's why I kind of went on the road yesterday to see some kids. Uh, Kip got some great interviews this weekend, Under Armour, but uh, it has been a little bit slow with recruiting right now, but I can tell you, you get through about another 10 days and it's going to be, it's going to be wide open from, from about March the 10th on. And, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm pumped about the combine, man. I want to see which one of these uh, these players uh, tears it up. I mean, yep, yep. the Georgia's presence is combine, the most guys they've ever had out there. But, like, who's the guy that, you know, tests off the chart? You know, remember when Chris Conley just came out of nowhere just to – I mean, he was a good player at Georgia, but the numbers he put up, you, you know, the, the, that was an eye-opener. I mean, you could name four or five guys from Georgia who could – put up some crazy numbers and, and we wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Channing Tindall being the spark champion, basically uh, Quay Walker's probably going to test pretty well. I mean, what is Trevon Walker doing? I mean, he's already, he might, he's already what projected to be the first guy taken. He, I mean, he might crack the top 10 at this point, maybe top five. I want to see what he does out there. So for me, it's the combine this weekend. That'll get me to the other side there where we're, you know, we're, we're getting pumped. I'll still be looking at all the measurements next week and looking at the updated mock drafts. I mean, that's, it's always been my, my, my big thing that, that I've always enjoyed following. So, you know, before I know it, that'll be over and practice will be here. But I, I think this month, I mean, this, this is it for me, man. This is like, this is like Christmas for me seeing the combine. I've always been the, the best part of the year. So, uh, especially with Georgia, you know, the presence there this year, there's going to be a lot for us to talk about. No doubt about it. We'll be all over it. And Hey guys, next time we'll be, I'll be uh, talking to you guys. I'll be coming to you from Athens. So I hopefully have a move yeah. all done and yeah. excited. Hey, I'm excited that the spring break came when it did. I might actually be able to go eat at a couple restaurants while mm -hmm. having a, having to fight traffic, but uh, excited for that. Excited for all the stories we're going to be coming out with uh, the next few days and weeks. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with that uh, right there for Rusty Manziel and Kip Adams. I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, until next time, take care.